The meat of live is Christ. The meat to die is gain. Every moment in between, there'll be joy and there'll be pain. I can't worry about the future or change a thing about my past. I've got this moment to believe and I'm gonna make it last. I am filled to be emptied. This is Pastor Michael Rogers from The Jar at 702 H Street Northeast in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. All right. Well, we have been walking through a, a sermon series about the questions we can ask ourselves to see where we are in our uh, growth as disciple makers. Not just disciples. We are very big on this. It's not just about learning enough stuff. It's not about being a good person. It's about learning how to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And so each one of us has this opportunity for, to to be a disciple maker. It doesn't require you having extensive biblical knowledge, and it doesn't require you having a long term in the faith. What it requires is for you to be obedient and to be willing to say, I don't know if you run across something you don't know yet. And that gives you a chance to keep learning, but it also gives you a chance to speak into the lives of some people who may know less than you do uh, when you do know the the answer and you do know the truth so instead of trying to put yourself on a position where you've got your master's degree in bible what you're actually doing is saying god i'm going to be obedient with what i have and give that and so that's what we're trying to do so the first question we asked ourselves was am i fervently pursuing my faith the second question is what we're on right now and that is am i invested completely in the mission and a part of that is learning how to engage with other believers. So we talked about Sunday gatherings, we talked about small groups, we talked about different ways that we gather together so that we can do the second part, um, which is to uh, encourage each other and to recognize what it means uh, to be a part of the giving, generosity culture that is in the church today. And so the first thing we can give is encouragement. And even though, we're going to talk about this later, even though there is a gift of encouragement that God gives through his spirit, whether or not you have the gift of encouragement, we all have the, the ability and the right to encourage each other as we get together. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to talk about the second part. The one thing we can give is our encouragement. The second thing we can give is our time and our talent or time and our gifts. You might be another way to say that. And so we want you to know that we're going to be talking about uh, about that whole concept here shortly. And so, well, like I said, the, the, the tension is still, am I invested completely in the mission? Uh, but the consider question is, has God given me a spiritual gift? We'll give you a 15 or 20 seconds to think about that just for yourself. Has God given you a spiritual gift? Okay, we are going to be in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And if you have your Bibles, open those up to the New Testament. If you don't have your Bible, you can grab a Bible from underneath the table. Um, that is yours to take with you if you don't have a Bible of your own. Or you can pull up the Bible on your YouVersion app. 
Y-O-U version. That's a free app that you can get on your phone and you can quickly flip to the passage. That's so right. I, and uh, Corinthians is, if you find the New Testament, you get Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the gospels or the stories of Jesus, like the good news of Jesus. And then we have the book of Acts, which tells the history of the church. And then we have Romans and then 1 Corinthians. Okay. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it may say spiritual gifts at the top of the paragraph, mm -hmm. um, which is what we're going to talk about today. And scripture talks about gifts or spiritual gifts in multiple places. So we can safely conclude that they're real. And we know that they're real. For those of us who are believers and we know what are learning or know what our spiritual gifts, we can testify to that. But... Um, what the real issue then becomes a, is not whether spiritual gifts are real, but what do they look like and what are the gifts for? And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. So starting in verse 1, it says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us. And what, what Paul is saying here is he's answering a question back in the Corinthian letter back in chapter 7. They were asking questions about this, and so he's responding to that, that question. I don't want you to misunderstand this, starting in verse 2. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by or in the Holy Spirit. So what was happening in the Corinth churches, instead of building up and unifying the church, they were actually having issues, and it was tearing them apart. They were arguing about what these spiritual gifts were and whether I have more than you do kind of a thing, yes. right? And so it was tearing, tearing them apart, and they had become um, symbols of spiritual power, right? So she's got the gift of prophecy, so she's up here, and you have the words of knowledge, and you're down here. Right, And so there was this competition going on. And that still happens in the church today or can happen in the church today. So this is very much important for us to read now today than it was back then. Yeah, because right? the, the, a lot of the things, a lot of the arguments we have about spiritual gifts are actually centered around the same kind of things that were happening in the Corinth church. We're worried about people who take the spiritual gifts and make them more important than the giver. And we're worried about people taking advantage of them. We're worried about people pretending to have them. We're worried about whether or not I have the right gifts or I have better gifts than you. And, and so we're so worried about that that we just pretend like the spiritual gifts don't exist at all. And that's also not good. Mm -hmm. And so what Paul is saying is, look, I don't want you. He actually says, now concerning the spirituals is what the actual Greek says. And so what he's doing is he's setting us up to understand that it's the Holy Spirit we're talking about, not... The church. We're talking about Holy Spirit, not the church. Right. So you guys will notice in verse 3, it says, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by or in the Holy Spirit. So basically, Paul is giving us a test here. So if you hear someone speaking or say that they have a spiritual gift, you need to test that. You need to discern whether that person is, is confessing. Is their gift that they're using all about them? are all about the church that they're in or is it all about Jesus and if they can point it back to God if they can point it back to Jesus and they can say Jesus is Lord then you know it's the right it's the right path right right okay 
right. which means, and so that also sets us up, we're gonna show this in the, in the next uh, four verses. But what this means is, God is the main character in this passage, not us. God is the main, anytime uh, the scriptures talk about one of us as human beings and God in a passage, you can be guaranteed God is the main character. And if we put ourselves as the main character in the story, we've gotten the wrong perspective. And so that's what he's beginning to set us up for is, hey, God is the main character. So when you are starting to talk about spiritual gifts, if you're using your spiritual gifts and God is not the main character you are, you are making a mistake. Right. Yeah, or if you're doing it. Right. Yes, or, you're, right. or it's all about you. Right. Yes. Because this, he's setting us up in verse three to basically say all spiritual gifts come through the Holy Spirit. Right. And we know in John chapter 15, Jesus says, but I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. And he will come to you from the Father and will testify all about, about me. And then also in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus tells Simon, son of John, he says, you are blessed because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. And he says to him, Jesus says, you did not learn this from any human being. This came from the Holy Spirit. This did not come from you. Okay? And as right. long as we put ourselves in that place where we recognize that's where these gifts are coming from is the spirit. They are coming from the spirit to glorify God. Then we're in the right position, which is where Paul goes next. Right. So starting in verse four, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, I, this is one of my favorite representations of the Trinity. Now, the word Trinity is not anywhere in the Bible. It's just a word that is used to talk about God being three persons in one, but still being one God. Don't, don't sweat it if you can't figure that out. It actually makes me feel better that I can't figure it out because if God is going to be God and, and he is not going to be made up by human beings, there should be something inexplicable about him. There should be something about him that makes us go scratch our heads and go, I don't even understand that, right? Because he's greater than us. Well, this talks about that the gifts come from the spirit. Why do they come from the spirit? So we can serve the Lord. Why do we serve the Lord? So that we can do the activities of the father. So spirit, son, and father are all in that passage. But it lets us know those are the things that God is doing. And our job simply is to manifest that, which is in verse 7. Right. And the other thing, too, I want to just say, once you become a believer, one of the most adventurous things to do is figure out these gifts. Yes. You know, yes. figuring out how God can, can work through you to bless other people. Yes. And when you allow him to be that vehicle, oh man, some amazing and mighty and awesome things can happen. And I know there's some people in this room that can testify to that, that's for sure. Absolutely. So starting in verse seven, a spiritual gift is given to, what's it say? Each of us. So does that leave any of you out? No. So the answer to the considered question is, yes. God has given you a spiritual gift, at least one, probably more than one. Right. So a spiritual given is given to each of us so we can help each other, or as some say, for the common good. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice, or as some uh, translations say, word of wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge or word of knowledge, as some uh, say. The same Spirit gives great faith 
to another. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages or various tongues, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides, he alone decides which gift each person should have. So the, like I said, the answer to the question is God has given all of us gifts. Now, one of the things that we run into when we look at passages like this is that we start, we, we just immediately as human beings start creating a task list. Okay, how many gifts are there? Well, there's nine in this passage, so there must be nine. And then we go and look at another passage. We found out there's two or three that aren't mentioned here, but that are mentioned there. And then we go to another passage. And we find, and there are some people who will say there are as many as 15 or maybe as many as 30 spiritual gifts. And then we created, um, one, one of the things that I think we struggle with is we created personality tests that are meant to be like your Myers-Briggs tests, your DISC profiles, all this. And they, we say, however you answer this will tell us what your spiritual gift is. But the spiritual gifts you have do not come from your personality. They are not what makes you comfortable. They are the things God uses in you to, to complete his mission. And his mission is to set the captives free. Because remember, our enemy is not of flesh and blood. Our enemy is of principalities of the air. And so the people that we see are not our enemies. They are the captives. And our job is to allow those spiritual gifts to work through us to help them. So the spirit gives the gift so that we can serve the son, so that we can do the activities of God to manifest in us to set the captives free. That's what the spiritual gifts are about. And if that's the case, then that means if God has given you gifts to use, your, your job is to use them twofold. One is to encourage the body of Christ, and the other is to reach those who are lost. Does that make sense? Okay, so we don't want to get too caught up today in trying to explain all of these gifts and what they are and whether or not you have them. We also want you to know that down the road, we're going to be teaching on one, one of the questions we ask is, uh, am I learning how I am uniquely shaped? And when we get to those uh, sermons, we will talk more about this and mm -hmm. give you an opportunity to discover your spiritual gifts. That day's not today, but we do want to talk about the gifts a little bit to give you a sense of them. And so, Carrie, you can, you can do that, right? Okay, so basically in this particular passage, like you said, there's nine different kinds of spiritual gifts. Um, and so basically you can take these, these nine spiritual gifts and break them down into three different types. So the first, the first three are what we call power gifts. Okay, and those are healing, faith, and miraculous powers. So healing is when the spiritual gift of healing, God's supernatural power is applied to a person's physical or spiritual and emotional needs. It's not just physical, okay? So Chuck, what happened to Chuck when we prayed for him and he is now healed and walking upright when he was in such pain? That is an example of that. Right. Um, and remember what we've always taught here at the JAR too is that we don't want just the physical body healed. That's right. That's not how Jesus taught us. You know, Jesus healed a lot of people physically, but he a lot of times came back to the person either before or after the healing and said, what about your heart? Do you want to be healed? 
And that was really an important question because it begins in the heart. It begins in the spirit and in the mind, too. Right. So or that's would really say, important. Or he would say, go and sin no more, right. which is another way of him just addressing that it's your eternal reward that he's worried about. But even if he's healing your physical body to show you. Okay. The second one then is faith. And this is not saving faith, but supernatural faith that completely moves mountains. The spiritual gift of faith is to believe God with confidence for things unseen. So right now we're continuing to bug God about um, a 15-passenger 15 15 van. van. Come we on, don't Lord. have the money for it, but we're praying in faith that God's going to provide it, right? Yeah. That is that is a, a prayer of faith. And then there's miraculous powers. Um, and that is the supernatural ability to do the impossible. And that would be, some, I mean, to me, a miraculous power would be raising somebody from the dead. Someone who's dead and comes back to life. There's no way humanly possible that that could happen. But God can do it if he wants to. Okay? And Jesus showed that. The, uh, the other three is what we call revelation gifts. And the revelation gifts are wisdom, knowledge, and discernment. So wisdom is the spiritual gift of wisdom. is the distinctive ability to discern the mind of Christ and apply scriptural truth to a specific situation. So if Dewey comes to me and says, I've got this problem, Carrie, I want to talk it out with you. And we start, I start listening and we start talking about it. And all of a sudden, scripture starts to come to my mind. And things that I know, it just all of a sudden, it just comes out. I didn't even think about it. It's just, I say it. And then I, and while he's like, oh, wow, that's awesome. I'm also going, wow. wow that's kind that of awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> right? That's, that is um, wisdom. The, uh, the spiritual gift of wisdom. And then there's a spiritual gift of knowledge, which is the supernatural ability to reveal something you could not have known about somebody. Okay? So, for like, ex for example, Michael, when he was in Bulgaria, he had a lady come up to him, and she could not speak English. And God revealed to him that she had been barren, that she could not have children. And he prayed that God would bless her womb. And later on, the interpreter said, did you understand what she said? The, the, the daughter said, I didn't think you knew Bulgarian. I don't know Bulgarian, but, but God revealed that to me. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is discernment, which is distinguishing between spirits, which is a supernatural ability to perceive whether a person's actions originate from God, satanic, or merely human sources. Um, and I can tell you all that there have been Sundays even in here and there have been times when we've met as a team and we have prayed against that spiritual battle, that spiritual battle that we spoke about a couple weeks ago, right? And how there's, there's things unseen that go on and that we, we sometimes can sense that and we can pray against that in Jesus' name and say, Lord, the battle belongs to us like we sung about. It belongs to him right. and we know you can win, right. right? And so there's that discernment, that gift of discernment. Um, and then the last three are what we call vocal gifts, which is prophecy, speaking in tongues, and interpretation of tongues. So prophecy is the supernatural ability to speak for God to, uh, to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. And here's the thing about prophesying. It is not... Um, uh, it's not foretelling. It's not foretelling. It's, it's foretelling. Foretelling. Basically, that means it's, it's not about telling the future, per se. It's about in that moment, somebody needs encouragement somebody needs to know that god is listening to them that he hears them and he gives um, them a truth mm -hmm. he gives you a truth for them that helps them to see that god is working and active in their lives right. and then the last one is speaking in tongues which in this particular passage 
Most people believe that this is um, speaking in a language that they've never heard. In this particular passage, they believe he's talking about speaking in other languages like Spanish or French or some other um, earthly language that you may not know yourself. That you but have God, not studied. That, yeah, but right. that, you under, that you hear it or understand it. Uh, but there's also the speaking in tongues, which is called a heavenly language, right? And that is words that come out that they're not any language other than heavenly, and they're straight from God, okay? And then the last one is an interpretation of those tongues. Um, and I have personally have witnessed this. I've seen it um, not very often, but I have seen it a couple times where a person is speaking in um, a heavenly tongue, and then there's a, another person in the room that is interpreting exactly what they are saying. Um, like I said, I haven't seen it very often, but I have witnessed that myself. Um, and and you, I can't explain it, but you just you know when it's when it's real and when it's not. Right. I don't know how else to say it. Um, there's this burning inside of you, and you know that it's God speaking in that moment. Um, and so those are the the vocal gifts. Now that, there is also um, I did also experience this in Bulgaria interpretation of tongues when it's a language that you don't know. So another lady was speaking in Bulgarian and she she was telling me a story and all of a sudden I it was like I heard in my head she came to the end of herself and I gasped I was because it was so like oh my goodness okay. and then she started talking again and I just started laughing because I because whatever whatever how she ever came to the end of herself she came back so then later they were like, there you go again, what's going on? And, and I'm like, I, don't, I have no idea what she said, what she said. And they said, well, she said she died on the table and that God told her that she wasn't done, that she needed to go back and witness to her family. And you started laughing like you knew exactly what she was saying. In a way I did, in a way I didn't, but I was interpreting what she was saying. Uh, and I believe the spirit was moving in that, for that to happen. And those, those experiences changed me. I realized God is still active and moving in that way today. And if he's moving in that way today, then we need to be open to it. Uh, we also need to test the spirits. And that's how Paul started this whole thing out was by saying, did this glorify God? Did this glorify Jesus? Did this bring people closer to Jesus? Well, in the room that I was in, in both times that that happened, the people in there were in awe of what God could do through someone who didn't know the language. And I believe that God, Jesus, was glorified through that process. Right. And so I can say, Jesus is Lord in that. And if I can say that, then it was real. Right. Um, and here's the other thing. We don't have spiritual gifts because of anything that we do. We don't earn that. We don't... Um, work so hard that he gives it to us right he gifts that to us according to his purpose there's a reason he's given you that gift yeah um and there's a reason that in that moment and here's the other thing too some people um are more in tune with one of those gifts than others but that doesn't mean that later on in life you can't god can't then open that up or manifest mm -hmm. those right. gifts in you later on as well so always, I think the big thing here is just being open, always being open to what God wants to do and use you as an instrument, use you as his child to 
to give people encouragement and hope and all of those things. And we shouldn't okay. be surprised because John 7, 37 to 39 says, anyone, who, Jesus, Jesus talking. He says, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scripture declares rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit. The spirit is flowing out of you. It's not something you do. It's something that's done through you if you are willing to be open to it. Um, and that doesn't mean that the Spirit will use whoever's there in the way he needs to use them to glorify Christ in that moment. So instead of worrying about which gifts you have, because this is what I've seen. We take a spiritual gifts test and we find out that we don't have the spirit of evangelism. And so we don't with the gift of evangelism. So we don't evangelize. That is not scriptural. To have the gift of evangelism means it comes easier for you. But, but to be an evangelist is a duty of every believer who believes in Christ. We are all supposed to be reaching people for Christ. But there are some that seem to have a knack for it, and God seems to move in their favor when they do it. And that you don't need a personality test to figure that out. You can just think about the person that you know that talks about Jesus everywhere they go, and people just seem to be okay with it. And you'll know they have the gift of evangelism. So a lot of times it just manifests itself. We don't, there's nothing we need to do about it. We just recognize it. And that's important for us because you can get so lost in what, what do I have or what do I not have. Imagine saying, well, I don't have the gift of service, so I don't have to serve in the church. Ima imagine saying, I, you know, I, I don't have the gift of faith, so I don't pray. Those are not biblical standards. And so what we need to do is be careful that we don't use the spiritual gifts to avoid some of the work we don't like to do. Because I, I have had people take spiritual gifts tests very often, and I almost never see anyone with the spirit of evangelism. Do you know why? Because they ask you the question, do you like to share your faith to people that you don't know? And you say, nope, I don't like it at all. And because you said no, it's, it scores you low, and you're like, oh, I don't have that gift. I guess I'm off the hook. You're not off the hook. You are you're trying to use your personality to decide what God has given you. Instead, ask God what he wants to give you so that he can use your personality. Okay. okay. Right, and we're all different, right? Each of us comes from a different background. Some of us were raised and born in church our whole lives, like me. And some of us didn't come to Christ until later, right. like Michael, right. right? Some of us may have believed in Christ, but we never were involved. And now we're becoming involved, right? And we're finding our own faith versus the faith that we were raised in when we were children. So everybody's coming from different places. But the key point of this passage is that the spiritual gifts unify us. They right. bring us all together from all different, different backgrounds, different personalities. But the spiritual gifts bring us all together and they unify us as one. Right. And as we discover our gifts, then we're able... Um, to serve others by doing that. That's and so right. he talks about it when we go on down to verse 12 then. The human body has many parts, but, they, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles or Greeks, some are slaves and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, but not just one part. Um, and so we use all of these different gifts and all of this diversity in order to create unity amongst us. And that's what he's trying to say here. That's right. So 
we discover our gifts so that we can serve others. First um, Peter 4, 10 and 11 really talk to this. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And so that, so it starts. Galatians 6.10 tells us that anything that we're doing, we start with the household of God. With, that we should be encouraging, we should be giving, we should be doing everything we can to support each other. We start with the household of God. That's not because we're more important than everybody else. It's because this is the army that's going to take the captives, set the captives free. And so we have to be healthy so we can go do that. And we have to have a healthy place for them to come so that we can bring them somewhere where they can learn how to be a part of that army. Uh, and so we start with the household of God, but we can't end there. We have to continue on and do that. So our job then is to work together to glorify God. If we all work together to glorify God with the gifts each of us have, then each one of us will have a different part to play. And, but we will all together be able to do everything that's needed to have an effect and an influence on the kingdom in this neighborhood. Right. So this passage, 1 Corinthians, basically helps teach us things about spiritual gifts. But Romans chapter 12, if you guys will turn there to Romans chapter 12, it tells us why we have the spiritual gifts. Okay. So we're going to go to Romans chapter 12. And you guys, we touched on Romans 12 last week, right, when we were talking about encouragement. And we read the first, basically, three verses last week about how our behaviors and customs should not be of this, of this world, but transform our minds. And we talked about all that and how we encourage one another in living and holy sacrifice and all of be kind and all of those things. Right. But starting in verse 3, he says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Right? We talked about that last week. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. Measure yourself by the faith God has given you. Just as your bodies have many parts and each part has special function, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? We just read on that. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Then in beginning in verse 6, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as, God, faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, what's it say? Serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness, do it gladly. Right? So everything we do, we do as if we are working for him. And that's what those gifts are for. They empower us. Because let's be honest, we've talked about this before. Sometimes it's hard to encourage one another. That's right. <laughs> Sometimes we come in here and our jars are empty and it is hard. And so God has given us that Holy Spirit within us. That extra oomph, I like to call it. Right? Or what, what do you call it, Steve? The Holy Spirit? Uh, batteries included. Batteries included. <laughs> batteries included. Yeah. Right? He's given you that power charge. Right? And so when we come in and we gather together, there are times when it's hard to encourage and it's hard to give to each other. And through the Spirit, manifesting, we talked about that word uh -huh. too, yes. manifesting out of you. Right, I'm able to encourage Kaylee even when 
I feel like I have nothing left to give. So he's given us that extra charge, that extra little water in the bottom of our jar when we think it's empty so that we can encourage and lift each other up. And that's what those spiritual gifts are about. And we, they're amazing. We wanted you to see that Romans passage too, because if you notice, it had different gifts listed than the first passage in, in Corinthians. And so it, it, this is not about us discovering all the spiritual gifts and making a line item and deciding which ones we have. It's recognizing that the Spirit will gift us with what is necessary to help others. It will manifest in us. So that's a big $50 word, manifestation. So let's talk about that we for a second. We talked about that last night, yeah. Yeah, because we, we looked for another word for it, and the truth is there isn't one. And the reason is because anything else we give falls short. A manifestation of something is when you are showing something in such a way that it's like they're, they're seeing the real thing instead of seeing you. So think of your favorite actor or actress. Think of the person who just knocks it out of the park. One of our favorite actors is Morgan Freeman. And we love uh, Bruce Almighty and Evan Almighty. And he plays God in that, right? Which, you know, which jar the senses a little bit. Morgan Freeman as God, right? Except that by the middle of the movie, you've stopped seeing Morgan Freeman and you're seeing as if he's being God, right? We love Liam, Liam Neeson. We love, uh, there are a lot of different uh, actors that we like, but sometimes we forget that they are the person who's acting and we see them as the character, right? So what this manifestation is, is kind of like that. It's saying you are so much in the grip of God that when you're acting, they are seeing God and not you. It's manifesting as Jesus with skin on instead of Tracy or Alberto or Roy or David. Um, and all of a sudden, people go, there was something different about that. That was more than I expected from that person. That was more wisdom than I expected. That was knowledge they shouldn't have. That was a foretelling that I didn't expect. That was teaching that I didn't know I was going to get. That was leadership that I didn't realize I needed. And they see God instead of seeing you. And that's what manifestation is about. And it's beautiful. Oh, it's man. absolutely beautiful. Oh, Our sister Sherry over here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to embarrass her for a minute, but I always say she has the gift of service. You know, if you come to the clothing closet, you're going to see it. Christ is manifesting through her. She doesn't speak a whole lot. But when people come in to get clothing, she just loves them and she waits on them. They may come in and say, I need a, I need a, a large of something. And she'll dig and dig and dig until she can find it. And she never questions. She never complains. That's the gift of service. She, she remembers you their know? style. So when they come in, she's like, she I, I know she this is your so style. Take a look at this. And they're like, yeah. oh, I can't believe you found that for yeah. me. Um, but that's a gift of service. Yeah. She just does it naturally. And Christ is yeah. seen through that. She, yes, Sherry's there. But that manifestation of Christ is coming out in her. Yeah. And that's what Paul's talking about. And it's beautiful. And here's the other thing when you were talking about power. You know, with spiritual gifts, it can, it can be very powerful. Yes. But as Spider-Man says, with power comes what? Great responsibility. Great yeah, responsibility. Right, right. right? And that great responsibility, once again, and I know we said it five times, but that's the point of the passage. That responsibility is remembering that it's not about us. Right. That it comes from him. And then praising him when he gives you that gift of service in that moment. Or he gives you that gift of knowledge. And you walk away and go, Thank you, God, for giving me that. And that I didn't know what to say. And you gave me the right words. 
or thank you for just letting me be there and be present for that person when they needed when they needed you to show up, right? Okay. Um, so. so if God uses you in that way, God gets the glory. One of the things that you will hear us say often here is if, if you give us a compliment for something that God has done through us, we'll say, thank you. We'll take the encouragement, but we have to give God the praise. An another way that I'll say it is, hey, that was my privilege, but it was God's power. Um, it's God who does these things, not us. Um, we just get the exciting opportunity to be his partner in what he's doing. And so that, that's what we hope that you gather from that. Because the more of us who are doing, that's not something that you just get to do if you're a pastor. That's something you get to do if you're a believer. He made you a saint and he gave you a gift so that you might bless others in the church and outside the church. And so, in order for us to really be able to make a difference in this neighborhood, everybody needs to be a team player. That's right. You need to be willing to do the part that God is asking you to do in that moment. And that means you can't come to us and say, I just don't have that gifting. What you can say, though, is, I don't know that I, God is leading me to glorify him in that way. I, maybe there's something else that I can do. It's okay to say no, is what I'm saying. All right? But sometimes... You might try saying yes to something that you would normally say no to because God may be asking to stretch you in a way you didn't expect and you will find that you like something better than you thought you did. An example of that is I, my son started in the middle school so I thought I should just do substitute teaching in the middle school and that way I'd be kind of around him as he's getting used to the, the new digs, right? Um, I cannot stand middle school kids. <laughs> middle school is the armpit of humanity. It's, you know, it smells like it. They, they, they're, they're sassy. They talk back. They think they know it all. Like middle school is terrible. And I just could not believe that I was doing this on a regular basis. Matter of fact, the first day I almost quit. I've now been doing it for three semesters. And I actually found out something. I love middle school kids. How did that happen? How could I love middle school kids? They're so much trouble. Yes, they just need somebody down there to talk to them. And so God has, God has gifted me the opportunity to be a male influence inside that school system and do it with kids that I would never have chosen to be with. So don't be afraid to say yes to something you're uncomfortable with because sometimes God is going to stretch you and grow you in that. And that's important to know. I was researching this for this week, and there was a pastor that put it really great. I just like how he says this. Yes. We have gifts so that we can serve more effectively, worship more sincerely, and live for God with greater intimacy. Amen. I'll say that again. We have gifts so we can serve more effectively, worship more sincerely, and live for God with greater intimacy. And it does require that. We have to be vulnerable, right? To allow God to use us in that way. And for some of you, you may not be ready for that yet. And that's okay. That's okay. But as you're learning about who God is, continue to pray as well. Say, Lord, show me, show me or have someone revealed to me what my what my gifts are right now what what are the things that you want me to use you know and he'll he'll do that for you um and and just ask him and pray for that and and pray lord when i'm ready you know show me or reveal to me that i've had this all along 
and don't be afraid. Yes. Okay? It's, it's pretty awesome. Pretty yes. awesome. So we're going to go into a time of reflection. And what we want you to do is, is reflect on that, that question you asked at the beginning, the consider question. Has God given me a spiritual gift? I now know the answer is yes. So, Father, I just want to reflect on how you are moving inside of me. Now, if you are, we haven't used this, these terms in a while, not yet's and already's. If you're already a believer, you're there. If you're not yet a believer, we just scared the bejesus out of you. You know, you know who bejesus is. Bejesus is the long-haired white Jesus that you see in the, in the old art. With blue eyes. He, he looks like he's part of the Bee Gees. Yeah. So we call him we call him bejesus. There's something wrong with me, Derek. I know. It's but just true because Jesus did not look like that. Jesus did not look like that. Mm -hmm. that, is, that mm -hmm. Jesus did not have blue eyes and nope. long flowing locks. Nope. Uh, but uh, <laughs> anyway, it, we scared you. But, but don't be scared. Recognize that we're not talking about something that takes you over. We are talking about something that enhances the life that you have been given to live once you say yes to Jesus. Right. But you have to say yes to Jesus first so that he can uh, bring the Holy Spirit into you. We want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Jar with Pastors Michael and Carrie Rogers. If you'd like to support our mission, you can go to www.thejarministries.net and look for the Give button in the top right. Your sponsorship allows us to continue ministering to the least of us in our great city of Ardmore, Oklahoma. Thank you so much. I am filled To be